0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle brought to you by Fullscale.io.
1: What's up, hustlers? This is Andrew Morgans, founder of Magnology host for today's episode of Startup Hustle, uh, covering all things e-commerce and Amazon. This show is brought to you by FullScale.io today, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. If you are a software uh, company, if your company engages in software activities, FullScale.io is a great place to um, find talent and plug those holes that you need within your own team. Um, I'm super excited about today's guest. We're going to be talking about some fun stuff. I don't know how detailed we'll get. Um... But Jack, feel free to be as comfortable as you would like to be. Um, We're going to get into the show. Jack, say hello.
0: Hey, what's up, everybody?
1: Yeah, this is Jack from everydaydose.com. We're going to dig into kind of like his origin story here at the beginning and and dig into just like what he's created. Um, I have yet to try it, but I'm excited too. Jessica from our team said she already made an order, so she's a step ahead of me. The last time I had had shrimps of any kind was in a shake. In Thailand at a full moon festival, uh, which was exciting for me. Um, so let's dig into it, Jack. Like, let's start a little bit at the beginning. Um, you know, where did you? How did you get started in e-commerce? Like, you know, did you know you were always going to be an entrepreneur? Let's go back as as comfortable as you're, or as far back as you're comfortable going.
0: Sure. So e-commerce is pretty new to me. Actually, it's very new, less than three months. Okay. So a lot of learning over the last six to 12 months actually just like setting it up to get ready for where we are today. But before that I was actually in the club business in New York City, okay. uh, the Airbnb business. And uh, so this is very new. Um, Can we talk yeah. about
1: that a little bit? Like, sure. so I'm in the Airbnb business. Um, I manage about 20 plus here in Kansas City. That's um, kind of like that's my sec- my second or third business that's outside of Amazon. Um, I really fell into it because I love mm-hmm. traveling, and so it was, you know, swap out my place while I'm traveling and not lose as much money. And it just kind of grew from there with my digital marketing experience from photography to the copy to the reviews, which is very similar to Amazon. Uh, it just made a lot of sense for me to run. Um, That's you, badass. You, thank I you. Was,
0: I was I was on um, AirDNA, which is a platform to basically look at rent to revenue ratios and I was actually looking at Kansas city a while okay. back. And so it's very cool that you opened up so many, Thank you. uh, when I, so the same thing I was traveling, I wanted to rent out my apartment, realized that, Whoa, this is actually making me real money. So I opened up another one, another one before you knew it, I had a whole portfolio in New York city. Which is,
1: it's it's the, uh, we won't get you in trouble here, but it's like, it's really hard to Airbnb in New York, right? Yeah, we
0: got shut down on most of them. And even like, so how I was able to avoid that loophole is I'd make deals with landlords. And I would say, hey, listen, I'm going to rent the, like I'm going to rent multiple units in your apartment building. I'm going to put someone to live in each unit. They're going to manage it. And we're going to rent out private rooms. So in basically home, home private room is legal in, in uh, New York City. So it was basically just like a live-in house manager. And we just basically said to like artists and musicians, hey, listen, you could live in New York City for free. Don't fuck up or you're out. You know, mm-hmm. make sure it's clean. Make sure the guests are happy and you're good to go. You've got free rent in New York City. So I did that for a while. But even like New York City's Airbnb task force, it's the mayor's office task force, which was funded by the hotel industry, targeted even private rooms. So even though I had very successful private rooms in in Williamsburg, which is a which is a area in Brooklyn. Uh
1: Love Williamsburg.
0: Yeah, it's pretty I like it a lot. Too. I still have my spot even though I'm in Topanga right now. But they like they would knock on doors, they'd say, Hey, they'd show their badge. Hey, we're the Airbnb oops, not Airbnb task force, they'd be like, We're a part of the New York City task force, uh, can we come in? And they're asking, can we come in? So like the, these guests are like, yeah, sure. And they would just find little infractions and like write infractions on the building. And then I would get in trouble with the landlord. We would get kicked out. So at this point, I pretty much just have one Airbnb, just kind of a bummer. It sucks. Yeah. It's
1: fine. I, uh, we, we face some challenges here in Kansas City. I know New York has like taken it on in a huge way mm-hmm. here. More so they've implemented policy um, that just like stupid little loopholes. like But ways to get around that is like having an in-home host or like, you know, they'll approve those no problem um i did we did a container home uh so oh, we wow. brought a container over from china and turned it into a mini home it was airbnb it out and how, it's, much, it's, how much
0: did that cost to to buy the container and to uh, build it out
1: uh around 30k um and it could be done cheaper but i was moving fast and i had to redo some stuff some mistakes um i also put like a fence around the yard and like you know real plumbing and did like i definitely didn't cut corners um, because, was it sept-
0: was a septic, uh,
1: it has its own plumbing. Um, so oh. we ran, we run it to a house like that's okay. on the same, um, property, um, ran, you know, electrical to it. So it's got a porch. It's got, you know, it's just got a little bit more than just like setting a container on some land and being like, what did this cost me to get it done?
0: Yeah. Um, I, I would just see myself buying six of those (laughs) it was
1: it was like this was supposed to be the pilot you know like if we can make this one work then let's go we can go all in kind of thing um and it was also about like free land so we had land um, didn't have to buy land to try the idea. It was just like, how do I get rid of the roadblocks that allow me to try this idea? You so know? badass.
0: And well, if you're um, ever investing in any more, let me know. I might, I might throw some cash at you right, because cool. it's such a good business. It's it honestly, to, to, to leeway that into like the other stuff, Airbnb is certainly what like financed my investments in crypto and also investments in startups like NSFW, which is the uh, sex club in New York city. Um, which is the club that I have in New York City. It's a okay. it's a, actually it's a, it, it's a um it's a private members club for sexually adventurous New Yorkers and okay. can, and cannabis enthusiasts.
1: I've actually heard of it or at least seen it recommended by some people that I like follow with or that I've worked with. Um I'm I'm not the of uh, the kind to of try it out myself when I'm there. Um but I think it's cool. I think anything that's outside the box that, you know, um fills a service or fills a need for people is awesome especially if people aren't doing it you know
0: yeah well there it's it's for all different types of people and we have different events that are for different types of people okay and um it was pretty hard during covid so we've been around for about five years uh started it with daniel saint okay um he's basically the chief conspirator of nsfw and nsfw stands for the new society for wellness
1: it's not not safe for work no it's a little play on words i love it
0: yeah Um, so he actually came from nylon magazine he was the head of digital there and had this idea started out of his apartment in soho grew into a four-story clubhouse in williamsburg then we opened up we got uh, too big for that we opened up a space in the west village didn't have some licensing and permits for, and so we were pushed out and now we've got everything properly permitted and we're in um just south of canal on broadway
1: that's super cool yeah and, and so been, that, that the club's still open like during the pandemic or it's been on pause it, or it's like- been
0: on pause it's been pretty difficult like it was a pretty good cash uh flow for me for a while but because uh, i mean we have got five thousand profiles that are communicating through our platform where people are meeting. So it's like a little social media for sexually progressive New Yorkers. Uh, And then we've got five, we used to have five events every single week at our clubhouse. Uh, And that got shut down since like from March to basically uh, this month. So we just relaunched. Uh, But between these two, between now and, and five years ago, we've been to the New York times, wall street journal forbes playboy timeout um awesome. you, you name it vice wrote uh, wrote about us and said we're the soho house of sex clubs which was kind of cool and big compliments yeah, yeah it was fun and uh now we've got about five events going on every week from like opening mic-
1: back up in march
0: yeah we're trying to create community so it's not just like fuck 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 right it's like open mic where people can do like singing and performance like comedy um We've got another night where it's like sacred pleasure. We're doing like massage and, uh, yoga, like naked yoga. So it's just, it's not necessarily only like sex, you know, it's, we're having a thing called danquet, which is actually gonna be pretty awesome. Every, every Sunday we'll have, um, a famous chef in New York that will do like a prefix and and we'll have like mushrooms and cannabis mushrooms being everyday dose.
1: Okay. Let's talk about that. So, um, I know a lot of people like, you know, I just, I'm like so in my own world when I'm kind of like really in a creative mode, you know, so I can just be like head down to the computer, head in the book or whatever. And um, I know a lot of people like microdose, Um, you know, I've tried, I've dabbled in all types of things. Uh, I've never got to the point where I'm like consistently microdosing um but the curiosity is mainly because in in at least from my perspective it was a lot of work for me to grind everything down and put it in pills and then try this thing and then you know um so talk about everyday dose like where did the idea come up for it you said the funding has come from airbnb or at least like
0: oh um, i mean a while ago it's like a bunch of things
1: okay yeah let's get into that so you just started into e-commerce i know that you guys obviously there's everydaydose.com i checked that out um but you're running a sex club and you're running Airbnbs kind of like in this hospital, like, what do people want? I would assume like you're kind of like filling those needs. Um, was there this other kind of request constantly for things like this? And it was like, or was it your own desires? I was like, I'm going to try to come up with something like for myself. And by doing it, I've created something really cool for other people or kind of what was the, um, initial kind of light bulb or like that pushed you in this direction.
0: Yeah, so really quick, I actually don't run NSFW anymore. Daniel is okay. running uh, every uh, is running NSFW. Uh, I'm more on the back end strategic. So, but back to everyday dose. So, a little bit of background. Everyday dose is an alternative to stimulants and highly caffeinated drinks. Okay. And so we're combining mushrooms, fully legal mushrooms. So we're talking about microdose, but this is fully legal, 100% pure fruiting body mushroom extracts. Okay. Where we're doing like beta glucan testing uh, testing for mycotoxins, allergens and moles and heavy metals. We're also mixing collagen and nootropics like L-theanine. So how I got started, uh, is my, basically for myself. So for 20 mm-hmm. years, I was on Adderall. Okay. Well, I first started with like Ritalin then Concerta, Focalin, and then finally landed on Adderall. And after being on this for 20 years, I needed to figure out some sort of alternative because i had high blood pressure i was extremely irritable and emotional and Mm -hmm. i just was like 25 and i'm like i can't continue doing this for the rest of my life and so i actually had the download on, on psychedelic mushrooms i was like i can't do this anymore so I, to be a functioning member of society, I had to look into like health and wellness and supplements. So I got really into diets. I did every single diet in the book. I looked into supplements. I got really inspired by you know 2012, 2013. I was listening to Joe Rogan, and one of his biggest sponsors then as well was Aubrey Marcus and uh, Alpha Brain, which is on it. And so uh, I was I was buying Alpha Brain, which is their like nootropic, yeah. um but I was, I was pretty broke back then so i was like all right i can't continue to spend like 60 70 bucks a month on the supplements so i started researching the supplements that are the ingredients that were in the supplement and i you know i, I just started getting into biohacking and like supplements and i learned about lion's mane okay there, there actually isn't lion's mane in alpha brain if i'm pretty sure don't quote me on that but i don't but like that just from doing my research i discovered lion's mane uh, and I started talking to friends how I got off of Adderall. People started coming to me like on how to be healthier. So I would start sending people an email of like, these are supplements that you should be taking every day. And one of the drinks that I was coming up with was a cacao drink. Um, it was like mushrooms, cacao, and collagen.
1: Okay.
0: It was essentially the mushroom latte, but instead of a little bit of coffee we have a little bit of c- cacao to mask the 1.5 grams of mushrooms that we put in the products. And so after I was beta test, so basically I started sending this list to people and the list would be like anywhere from like hundred to $200 in total cost If you're buying the lion's mane, the chaga, the collagen and the l and the cacao, and it was just not economical. And like we would have to weigh out all the different ingredients and then mix it. It was just inconvenient. Mm-hmm. So I thought about, okay, well, a friend of mine actually from uh, Jordan Legewan, who started, he was the co-founder of the gravity blanket was over yeah. at my house and he's like, dude, you need to make this into a drink. So I started making it as a drink. People, the feedback was, Hey, it's great. And I was like, well, why aren't you finishing your 30 day supply? And they're Like, well, this chocolate is too rich for me. And I was like, Oh, I get it. Not everybody's like me. Not everybody wants to have cacao in the morning and noon and night. Mm-hmm. Everybody's addicted to their coffee. So let's not reinvent the wheel. Let's just add a little bit of coffee just for flavor. And so they can get that sort of coffee feel, but then also have all those incredible ingredients underneath as like sort of the vehicle. Um, and we were able to basically, we, I was able to wholesale all these ingredients individually from every single, like a different collagen supplier, a different coffee supplier, a different mushroom supplier, a different L-theanine supplier. And I was able to find the best ingredients of each category to create everyday dose and to make it economical.
1: I love it. That's beautiful. And you can obviously tell what I know about it. uh, You know, even by the questions I'm asking, but like, I know that like, I'm definitely an optimizer in my life, like, f- mm-hmm. whether I'm optimizing my desk, my workout, my, uh, you know, cleaning, cleaning the house, going to the gym, like, what's my gym routine, like, I'm definitely trying to optimize. And as you're an entrepreneur, you're doing so many things that you're like, okay, how can I get this eight hour day to four, I it's four hour day to two. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing with health, like health hacking, like, it's just like, okay, how can I in a short amount of time, eat what I need to eat without spending all day cooking or like get the workout I need to get in without being three hours in there. And you're right, you're talking about like, you found this ideal list, um, you know, of the ingredients you need based on trying them and figuring out what that mix is. And then you're just like, this is a $200 list. And it's all this this huge process, I'm spending my whole day just getting my Adderall, basically, <laughs> you know, at that point, a natural version of it.
0: Yeah. Adderall. Um, right. Yeah,
1: I mean, and so it becomes like, just as much like we a lot of times we know what to do, We're just like that takes a very a lot of time. Um, you know, how can I get that quicker, faster, more efficiently? Um, I think a lot of entrepreneurs would really respond to it. And, um, you know, is it, is what is the like feeling, I guess, does it take like a while to be on it kind of, to kind of get it going? Or is it something that you experience in a couple of days of being there? Like, um, you know, I know like a vitamin, you don't take a vitamin, a daily vitamin and be like, Oh my God, I feel like I'm ready to take on the world. Um, but it's something that, you know, is good for you and over time, you know, that it, it has an impact. Is that kind of the same thing? Like what's the, um, you know, <clears throat> if someone's taking it outside of taste, what, what would they experience?
0: Yeah, I would say there's two, there's a two-step experience. That's the way of putting it. But essentially the first experience you're going to, you're going to notice an elevated mood pretty much right away, but and and like a lot more mental clarity but okay. over time like say 21 30 40 50 days you're going to start noticing like a much higher cognitive ability so you're going to notice like the memory your your in, memory is increasing your verbal fluency is increasing and just overall you're better you're getting better sleep
1: okay and That's with a big better,
0: one. yeah sleep is huge because if you're throwing so much caffeine in your body every day like you might be able to fall asleep but are you staying asleep mm-hmm. like are you or maybe you're having trouble falling asleep. And finally, you fall asleep, you can say, or maybe you wake up in the middle of the night, because you have to pee. And these are all due to different reasons of like, what you're doing to your body during the day, really, we should be able to go to sleep, sleep eight hours and wake up. You know, maybe it's like, seven hours.
1: Right? Yeah, like, depending on your human, like, makeup, or whatever, like, whatever that person individual person is. No. Um, I think you're exactly right. And then, um, yeah, if you're just like, if you're
0: hyping up your, your adenosine, like adrenaline, and your cortisol, it's going to be really hard to, to basically calm down and slow down. So is that a dog?
1: Yeah, so I have a puppy. I'm really sorry. No uh, I, uh, I've been an entrepreneur. I'm going on seven years. And um, I haven't had the time for a dog. I've just been like, to be a good dog dad, or like, whatever, you got to give them time, you got to play with them, you got to like, you know, raise them right, I guess. And um, so during the pandemic, I've just been like, I know a lot of people moved to that or whatever, but I'm like, I've got a yard now. I've got like, you know, some employees that can run stuff. Um, I've got my mom moved here. Um, Mm. So I don't, I knew what I was getting into. I still didn't know what I was getting into. This little guy is a monster. I'll show you. Come here. (laughs) Just a beast. So he's got these posts in his ears. Oh yeah, I was like what is um, <laughs> like he? And he shook album. them out today, so they're just sitting there. Um but he's a Doberman, so Cool. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. It's uh it's something to focus on besides myself, so that's kind of nice. Uh you know when you're in entrepreneur mode, you're just like got to do this, got to get this done, got to get this done, got to be uh, efficient here, got to be optimized here and um, I think you got to set these things in your life, whether it's moving to somewhere like California, outside New York, or, you know, destination places or specific things you're doing that just kind of like, um, pull you outside of that focus mode, you know, Otherwise
0: you're going to get burnt out. Exactly. Seriously. Yeah. And if you
1: uh, learn that, if you learn that early before it's like the end of the game, um, you know, you got to make adjustments. Um, and so for me, that's, a, I got a little pup. um, yeah, working alongside me today. He's just like, come play with me, come play with me. So f- apologies in advance. No um, worries,
0: man. I think my like, way of escaping is it's like work, piano, snowboard, repeat.
1: <laughs> okay, I like it. Um, snowboarding, like mine has always been traveling shows. Um, I love going to music, like experiencing shows. Like the last time I was in New York um, was at Brooklyn Steel. That That's was a great, good show. Daniel. Yeah. It was what alive. did you see? um i saw a band called polyphia okay um polyphia and plenty they're just like metal acoustic they're like no lyrics um just instrumental metal it was pretty mm. cool i want to see how the east coast threw down a little bit um it's a good you know,
0: venue to check out no
1: Facebook. it was it was super cool and i've only been to new york like five times like it's probably been the last two years that i started like traveling more and going to new york and stuff and i'm just in love i stayed in uh i was in the Almost like the industrial area of Brooklyn. Yeah, um, for it's, like, a week. it's like
0: Green Point. It's a little bit east of Greenpoint.
1: Yeah, and it was just like just kicked it there and just explored Brooklyn for a week. It was a lot. It was a good time. Um, honestly, felt safer than Kansas City in a lot of areas. So um, you know, Kansas City's only it's pretty about, safe at this point. That's what it felt like to me. It was pre-pandemic, so you know it was um, normal. I guess I'm sure it's a lot different now. And um, you know, I know a lot of people that are there that have just move back home or move back to the midwest or move just to like hey if we're going to be stuck in a pandemic where we can't engage with people let's at least get close to nature you know um so so well, you're in with, yeah I'm, I'm sorry. sorry go ahead I think there's a little delay but like so you're in California snowboarding uh playing piano i used to um tour full time 5 years for 5 years about playing bass um and that was my first probably business I would say like where I was just like all in trying to make this my living like um and there's a certain level of creativity and freedom that's like unmatched in that kind of lifestyle um but also being poor sucks so yeah. you know I don't like living in a van um or in <laughs> hotels so that's not really my style um but piano you've been playing piano your whole life I played a lot in my
0: high in high school I was in a band called uh Jan Janssen Okay. And then I stopped pretty much through college and after college. And then when I moved out to Topanga, I got a, I got a piano, keyboard, unfortunately. It's just okay. not the same.
1: It's not the same. And, and
0: it's, it's just it's nice to feel the creative flow and be able to take some breaks and time for myself. Yeah. And that's actually sometimes like the best time to come up with ideas. So you're just like flowing, right? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I know how to solve this now.
1: Yeah, you're doing something else, maybe even something else that you're good at that you can do at muscle memory kind of. And I feel like it's in that when your brain disconnects a little bit and you can process other stuff um, versus if you're having to focus on what you're doing, like something you're not great at and you're having to like learn it, your, your brain's occupied, you know? Mm. So I've actually really struggled during the pandemic to find new hobbies outside of like traveling and shows and stuff like that, that actually allow me to disconnect, um, you know, versus just being super hyper focused on a problem. Um, and I think that's where like everyday dose, it just keeps tying in. Right. But like, um, my, my wants or desires to even like try microdosing or try some of those things is like hearing about the sweet spots and creativity that you can find, um, you know, when you're dozing like that. And what is, what is that like? What kind of creativity is that like, you know, um, as a business owner, I constantly go back and forth between like, I'm a creative, but I know that I need to be super organized and like business minded and like systemized and process oriented, um, to grow my business and to get things done. So it's like this constant back and forth of trying to switch between the different modes. Um, that's been a challenge.
0: Yeah. I've had to, I've had to, I'm always on the creative mode, but recently I'm more on the operating mode. Okay. To go into like more everyday dose and DTC and e-commerce stuff, uh, I would say supply chain and logistics Mm. is just a complete headache.
1: It's a lot. It's a
0: lot. (laughs) Yeah. Especially when you're first launching and you don't know what kind of demand you're going to have. Yeah. So I ran into the situation recently where like we're bringing in 100 to 200 new customers a day, which is stupid. Crazy Um, awesome. Subscription. and we're gonna be running out of supply very soon. So like right now I've got like our, so we we make all of our boxes in China. Okay. And we then assemble them in the U S and we of course do our manufacturing and and blending of our ingredients all in Utah, which is like one of the top nutraceutical areas. And uh, I've got about 5,000 boxes on a ship right now. And we're gonna be running out before that ship lands. So just trying to figure out and navigate how to navigate the customer experience of, okay, giving them what they want, but also not having what they want. <laughs> it's right. been, you, yeah. It's been, it's quite been quite challenging doing all these different things with e-commerce. So I'm sure you can teach me a lot on that stuff.
1: Well, it's, uh, it, you know, we've had that problem with a brand that we have forexed year over year, over year, over year for four years straight. And, um, each year we try to plan a little bit better, um, logistically, but like, we can't always we're, we're launching 200 new SKUs with that brand a year. And it's like, we don't know which ones are going to take off and which ones aren't. And, um, you know, because it's, it's it's a bit of a leap of faith, you do your best to optimize them, you do your best to have a strategy, you do your best to have a go to market plan, like, you know, and then you there's a part of it. That's like, let's see how the customer reacts to this. Um, so, so just, really
0: quick, Can I ask yeah. you, so when you have 200 SKUs, are you sending those SKUs to Amazon to, to warehouse for you?
1: Yes. So you don't have to worry
0: about storage. I forgot how that works with Amazon. So
1: with Amazon, so like I help brands with e-commerce websites. We actually have fulfillment by Marknology here, which is a 3PL warehousing. So I understand logistics as well. Um, for my own brands, I wanted to be able to, to run my own stuff. And so we've just opened that up to some of our customers as well. Um, But when it comes to Amazon, it it can be either or. So almost every brand that sells in an FBA and sends their product into Amazon to fulfill it, I also suggest that we have a warehouse set up with a backup SKU. we call that FBM fulfilled by merchant, where if they run out of inventory at Amazon, it kicks over and then that warehouse can start shipping direct to customers. So it's not prime, but it's the next best thing. And so we're never out of stock like um, momentum is like, super important in, on Amazon it's an algorithm um, you know like let's say you had 200 customers that are on subscribe and save on Amazon which is like subscription where it's you know reoccurring um, Amazon's going to punish you if you don't ship to them on their reoccurring order
0: it makes right? sense yeah yeah
1: so and it's like that's a scoring system on your end you have to deal with customers being upset and keeping them But you're not going to get, like, shut down from Amazon or Amazon's not going to, like, slap your wrist if you're just doing it directly on your website. So that's also what makes Amazon amazing. Sorry, this guy is crazy. That's what also makes Amazon amazing is um, the consistency and customers understanding what they're getting and trust, you know, Um, because Amazon enforces that, which makes brands do it. Versus websites are um, they can be like, you know, if you ever ordered anything from like an artist and they're just like you wait like almost six months to get that hoodie or that album or like whatever it is, because um, it's just kind of the wild west when it comes to websites. Um, Amazon kind of set that standard. So it's um, it's kind of dialing it in. We're always trying to have like 45 days of supply, never too much that so you're getting hit with tons of storage fees, never too little that you're running out um you know it's about finding the sweet spot for sure
0: so 45 days of supply with an average of how many per day
1: it depends on what your average is per so day
0: to, so like you launched a new brand with 200 SKUs. how can a new brand be able to predict something that's new how much to have of each SKU?
1: So, okay. So the brand that we're launching with, they're not launching for the very first time. They've they've already got SKUs moving and things like that. So sometimes this is adding another color to a product we're already selling or adding a new like flavor. So we'll go kind of off of estimates of what SKUs in the, in that same category are doing. Um, And then some of it is um, like it, they have other relationships like Home Depot and Lowe's and different stuff like that. What quantities are those companies ordering? So it, in some in some instances they're ordering a lot more per skew than others right so they just got more um and then it's also like size size matters so like if we have a really big garden product like let's say a fairy house versus like just a gnome um it's going to be different we're going to be like you know we're going to send more of the gnomes in than the big fairy houses and so it just becomes kind of like price point lower price point items we're sending more in um higher price point items you can expect to sell less um but at the beginning it is uh it's it's a bit of a crapshoot like you know kind of trying to figure out that normal cadence um but very rarely is it like you launch on amazon and instantaneously you've sold a pallet worth of goods like it's a ramp up so if you're paying attention and you don't have a long lead time you should be okay if you have a long lead time that's where you're in trouble
0: my lead time is right now 65 days it's long yeah so 30 days to manufacture or 25 30 days to manufacture 30 days to send by sea.
1: yep that's, that's where a lot of it comes in. Um, and it could be that you have a second manufacturer for your boxes mm-hmm. that when the need comes like, cool, if you can get them at that price in China, fantastic and save money on your boxes. But if it comes to a point of losing customers or paying a higher price to have an American box company, you know, br- give you some boxes in the short run. Maybe, you know, you know, of,
0: maybe you know of a good box company that I could use.
1: I do. Cool. I and then do. uh
0: yeah like with like that do custom inserts and stuff
1: yep i do actually um we'll have I, to talk about that i just toured them like a couple weeks ago um which was really cool because I've, I've definitely been involved in like designing boxes and inserts and all that kind of stuff um but usually we're going to china and yeah um, I, I
0: gotta send you my box i'm really excited i, sh-
1: I should have done it before
0: the show so you could be enjoying a dose with me
1: okay well i'll have to order actually i like to support myself so i'll get on there um but That's I, that, super exciting,
0: though. Sorry, I didn't mean
1: no. It. Yeah, it's super cool. Like honestly, um, as I've been, I've been in the Amazon space nine years, and so I'm still learning stuff every day. Like getting to tour a box manufacturing plant and see how stuff works and like how they're how what, how this is new high tech and how this is old tech and um, still learning different parts of the process because when you're going direct to consumer from manufacturing it, especially if you're manufacturing it yourself, to when it arrives in their in their house and how they're feeling and experiencing it is like, it's a long chain. Um, And so there's stuff all along the way.
0: I've got 15 vendors to get the starter kit to their
1: house. Yes. That's a lot to coordinate. And so then it becomes, you know, in the same way that Marknology, like Marknology, my company has built out more services and more services, because I realize if I'm trying to solve their pain points, like brands and, you know, manufacturers that we're working, their pain points are having to deal with 15 of us doing all little different things for their business. And so it's how can I take how can I take some of that pain away or take away some of that struggle and be like, Okay, yeah, we do fulfillment as well. Yeah, we do photography as well. Yeah, we can design your inserts like you don't need a design firm and this you know, and there's, you know, obviously, if you're, if you're specializing, and that's where I think you come in is that you need to go to all these different ones to find the exact experts um that can be a challenge um but if you're like um if you're like this is exactly what i need and this is the hard way and then from there you figure out just little ways to make it easier and easier easier, Mm
0: -hmm. it's also nice to be able to know okay this is what the fair market price is for this this is what the fair market price is for that versus Going to like a co-packer and they're like, hey, I'll source all the ingredients for you I'll find your packaging and I'll blend it for you and I'll ship it to your warehouse. They're gonna pu- they're gonna mark Mark
1: everything up, up,
0: mark we'll everything up. And, it, and and also you don't have control of who are the vendors that they're using for for their collagen or their coffee or their mushrooms so for me, it's been really nice to be able to know okay, I can get the top like the number yep. one mushroom company I can get the number one collagen where it's like not only grass fed collagen, but grass finished, which is weirdly, it's actually a difference. If anybody oh. wants to learn more about that, it's crazy that you can call collagen, you can call meat grass fed, but then they actually finish it with uh, corn or grain fed because in the beginning of their life and the end of their life, somehow, as long as you've done part of it, grass, they can say that.
1: But a marketing ploy. I hate that dude. Like honestly, labeling is insane. Yeah, learning and Amazon is like prime for that. Like, you know, and I I would like to say, like, we're a company that's been I know all the black hat. I like staying white hat. I like working with companies that are like legit versus trying Mm -hmm. to like, create a product just for Amazon. Um, That's a lot of the big buzz. But that's just not what we do. Like we specialize in being bringing brands to Amazon or or maximizing them on Amazon, not creating brands for Amazon. Um, Because I don't specifically around the supplement space, like I've built brands from zero to over a million a year on Amazon, um, from inception, you know, and so I've seen and I've done that in the supplement space. So like, I understand the competition there. Um, It's a lot, it's a lot of competition. And you're getting kind of the worst of the competitors and the worst, in my opinion, like kind of the worst, uh, more cutthroat competitors in the hmm. supplement space than in other spaces, like if you're in garden decor, like I'm telling you, you're not getting very like cutthroat competitors, like they're just not there. You know, it's uh it's just a different space. Um, you so seen, underst-
0: you've, you've seen that in mushrooms too now.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen it in every type of supplement. Um, that's why Amazon now has these like stricter regulations. They just came out in the last six months of this paperwork, you have to you have to submit and all this kind of stuff um, to show you're like selling people legit product, you know, Um, because you don't know like in you don't know what's in it really Um, labels like false marketing, the more I learn about marketing, the more I appreciate good marketing. Okay, I do appreciate like, good marketing now. um, Because I know more about it, but also seeing all the false, um, you know, pushes like they can call something organic, it's not organic at all. Why? Because maybe they fed him, you know, some grass right at the beginning of his life. And you know, now it qualifies. So I get what you're saying. Um, and it almost makes you have to be a scientist or a detective to figure out what's in your foods Um, Mm -hmm. and that sucks
0: well i'm super stoked to 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 talk to you more about bringing us to amazon i know right now so we we launched just under three months and we're this month we're on track to doing 250,000 in in revenue it's It's
1: incredible it's incredible What's been your go-to market like strategy off Amazon? Like, you know, what was your kind of outside of just creating an amazing product, which I do think is the most important um, because I can sell turds. Like I can sell anything really, (laughs) but it will, it will eventually have an end of the life cycle, right? People will start reviewing it. People will like word of mouth. will eventually kill it. Like it is about ultimately having a good product. And then from there, Um, was it influencers, you know, was it kind of like, you know, sales funnel type stuff, like getting people to try it? Um, you know, what were some of the strategies you've done in the last three months to get a business to, to, from zero to 250,000?
0: So first is having a value proposition. That's easy to communicate
1: Mm
0: -hmm. to your customers. And so that your customers can also easily communicate it to their friends because then they act as like the Facebook ad. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you have a good product in a category that's popular, I guess, with an easy value like a value proposition that's easy to explain to your friends. Well, I think with good branding, your Facebook ad spend is actually going to double or triple because you, you may spend $20, $30 cost uh, for an acquisition. However, that's now $10 because three people, have, they've now recommended three people.
1: And if they're subscribing and they're, it's a, uh you know, commoditized product in regards to like a consumable um, where it's something that they're going to come. The goal is that they enjoy the product. They come back and buy and become a subscriber. Yeah. Um, that's which, actually,
0: the, that's the one thing is like we don't have profit very much on our first starter kit. Like yeah. we're not really making money off, off the first order. It's really because we're offering this glass vessel, this spoon, this mug and a box that we've offered for free shipping all for 39 40 bucks. And then it's a more about the, the resupply bag that we send in the compostable mailer.
1: Got it. I love it. And that's honestly with my services. Like when we engage with a brand, I'm not making money. A lot of times when we sign to start working together, it's, you know, because I've spent nine years learning what I know and i'm exchanging that in the first few months right the team is we're it's like a knowledge transfer of everything that we know we're like hey this is basically like going to school to get a doctorate degree uh like as far as the amount of time we've spent studying this topic and we're going to give that to you as a brand you know whether that's branding advice messaging advice seo advertising profitability with logistics like it's just this big dump in the first three months you know um and It's during that time that it's like, no, I'm so I have to be more particular about what brands we choose. Like, how long are they going to stay with us? Do we think that there's upside to this? Is this like a product that's going to continue to grow? Um, You know, like, are they going to release new products over time? Like, you know, you're thinking about all those things now as an owner that can choose. Like, honestly, there's probably 50 agencies in the world like Marknology, maybe, and we're not all created equal. You know what I mean? So um, if you think about the number of product based companies there are by those 50 agencies, it's it's crazy math to understand, like, um, how many people need what we do. And right. so because of that, it's um, I need you. like it's about making them understand that you're in it for the long game, that this is a relationship you're trying to be as part of their team, not like a a contract team, like we're trying to be part of that team. Um, And there's just like, yeah, in that first part, we're like, look, we're giving you a ton of value at like hardly any cost in exchange for like the amount of time we've put into learning this. Like how much time did you put into getting the formula just right? You know, Um, and there's that first exchange with the bet that we're gonna continue to work together for a while, you know, Um, so I totally get that. And um, I think anytime you're bringing value early, though, you're in a good position, um, you know, to gain customer base. I I mean, it's really like the bar is set so low in my regard, in my opinion, from like brands and how they interact with customers and the service level they provide and stuff like that. Like the bar is so low, that if you just come in providing value and like, actually like respond to customers like you know issues or their reviews like brands don't even respond to the reviews on amazon that customers leave positive or negative i'm like you have to engage just like social media or anything else um people want to talk to real people they want to buy from real people um they want to know like you had this problem for yourself and they relate to it and if you're not like you you mainly what you said was like you got to get the messaging right and then the branding makes the messaging just that much more powerful um,
0: You're making a good point about Facebook and commenting and reviews and commenting. So we re- we respond, I myself even, every day I'm on Facebook ads and or like I'm looking at my Facebook comments and just every single question we answer. Yeah. Yeah. And then on Instagram, a lot of people like to repost our stories. So they, they create a story and then they um, upload it to Instagram. We, I will individually, this is actually something that's pretty cool for brands to do is like i'll send a voice note hey julie thank you so much for po- reposting your all right thank you so much for posting everyday dose on your instagram let me know how your experience is i can if i can help in any way let me know
1: that's super cool so it
0: literally takes like 10 seconds and i maybe spend five minutes a day hitting up customers who will repost instagram
1: i love that it's genius because um it's not that it's that novel but it's like no one else is doing that Personal. do so, like yeah. you,
0: you actually hear my voice
1: Just engage. Like, um, you know, I know a girl that's in Miami that runs an e-commerce brand, um, Hannah, she's been on the podcast before. And one thing she did that I hadn't seen before at the time, this is a little bit back, but it was like with every purchase, she had kind of this video um, that was like, here's Hannah, like, thank you. You know, and just like, you're getting to meet the owner that made these things um, in a video in a personalized way. Um, Not individual to individual like that, but it was still just like a thank you video versus just a thank you email. And it was like a spin on it, you know? And it's so, um, I think personalization is, is key to like growing e-commerce. Um, and Amazon makes that hard, but there are a lot of ways to do that within Amazon. You just gotta be savvy, you know, and understand like what your goal is like, you know, from, from like, it could be as simple as, um, you have the starter pack that you sell on Amazon. You don't offer the refills there or something like that. You have the starter pack, Um, and for people to sign up and subscribe, they got to come to the website or to register that, you know, or there, I mean, you could do it both ways. Um, but that's a simple example of like, you're selling that there. And then you're connecting with the customer outside of Amazon to get their, like, name, address, email, however you want to stay in contact with them, social media, if you're doing it, if you're walking the line correctly, I don't want anyone that's uh, an, Amazon, an Amazon to like hammer me over the wrist for this one. Um, but it's like the same thing would be like if you're selling a printer, and then you have a warranty, and they need to come to the website to register the warranty, and it's then that you collect their customer data that you can talk to forever. So knowing how to understand those marketplaces that do kind of co- protect the customer, um, how do you engage with them, how do you connect with them, how do you personalize, um, you know, your messaging, it's huge, good advice. Mm.
0: So what are the, pl- what's the platform that a lot of your customers are using for, for, um, recurring payments?
1: Well, on Amazon it's, they have subscribe Amazon. and save, yeah. right? So it's subscribe and save. And we actually do a lot of product inserts. And so like, let's say you're a pet supplement company, you have a high cost of acquisition, like it's cutthroat out there. Um, but we know if we get a customer and we have a good product, we're going to keep them for a long time, good customer lifetime value. And so um, in those instances, like from we'll we'll do direct mail follow up, we'll include like product inserts, we'll include like a sticker with a rebate and a discount back, like reminding them about subscribe and save. Like, hey, this is the second time you've ordered. Like, do you know about the subscribe and save program? Like you can save 15% by setting it on a reoccurring order cycle. Um, You know, just like we're doing those extra touches instead of just being like, well, they should know about it. You know, like we're doing all the touches to be like, "Um, you should engage in this program. Here's how you do it. Um, or there's, if they're doing it on a, on the website, um, I haven't actually been engaged with a brand in e-commerce that's doing a subscription model where I'm in charge of setting it up. So, it. so um, we're,
0: we're using recharge. Okay. And so there's like recharge, which was like the DTC, recharge, uh, subscription platform and. Anybody on here who's going to maybe try that, mm-hmm. get ready really? for so many problems. Like in their customer service, like, oh gosh, it's been so difficult. Everything needs to be completely custom programmed and okay. still super clunky errors. And uh, I was wondering if you maybe knew of a, an, an, another one.
1: no one thing i really like about the amazon platform is like as for all the reasons people don't enjoy it like they're hiding customer data or not allowing you to do pixels or like things like that um they now have attribution so you can track like how much of your traffic is coming from your facebook ad and landing on amazon and looking for you um you can do a lot more stuff than people used to know and one thing i'd say is that you don't ever have to handle the data so you're not having to run like um a lot of that authentication, a lot of that security stuff that you need to do. If you're like keeping people's credit cards and then recharging them on a monthly basis, like, in if you're on Amazon, that's not even part of your, you know, your worries, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, So we actually
0: don't either. So recharges, is, is like- they're, the,
1: they're the ones doing it right. And yeah. now you're, but you're in a way captive to them because yeah. you need what they offer. Um, you know, so I think that's that's kind of where it's at, and then it's like they're if they're like, hey, we're the only one in, we're the only one that does this. You have to deal with it. That's where it really sucks. Um, but to each their own. Um, you know, a lot of brands that we start with actually have a website, and then they just redirect to Amazon for a long time. Uh, why, why
0: would someone do that? So if if you already got someone clicking on your ad on Facebook or going to your website, why pay Amazon the twenty percent? Is it twenty percent?
1: Um so it's like it's like 15% of the selling price so if it's 100 bucks it would be like 15 um, and then if you're doing FBA it's probably another 15% depending on what you're shipping a supplement bottle is probably pretty cheap um or like a refill pack right but um that's the pick pack ship fee so they're doing all of the logistical handling um that's about 15%. So I'd say it's about 30% overall but the difference is um like when you have a website, no one knows that you you exist. You do all these other things to get them there, right? Whether you're paying recharge, auth.net, your blogs, your front-end designer, your back-end designer, your- uh, Customer
0: service platform.
1: Fulfillment, yeah, your customer service platform. There's all these little things that get people there um, that you either pay to maintain it or you're paying to get that traffic there. Um, And if you were to break all that down, all the way down to the labor you're paying to pick, pack, and ship the box, it's like, let's compare right so what i love about it's kind of like you were talking about this earlier with the messaging and you're like it's it's a hot topic like it's a trendy product i would consider that like demand capture thinking about it like you're you're in the game of demand capture people are already looking for like shrooms or alternatives to adderall or things like that and you just want to capture those people looking for that demand generation is like you're creating something that no one knows about and you have to like make it trendy right so the kind of the two differences and i would say that on amazon demand capture is just way easier than in other platforms because um i don't have to get people to amazon amazon's doing a great job of doing that and all i've had to focus on at least as an as a consultant on my end is how to capture them once they're there. So people are like directly searching for product. They're not reading blogs. that's like, what's the best way to microdose or what's the best alternative to Adderall? And then reading a blog about the comparison guides and then finding a link to your product and being like, I'm going to try everydaydose.com and give it a shot. That's kind of how it happens on Google. It's not a social ad, right? On Amazon, it's like they're typing in everyday dose or they're typing in mushroom supplements or lion's mane supplements or something like that and you want to show up for one of them and then um you know get that click and then get them to understand your story and buy once they get there so just a little bit different strategy right same strategies but like kind of different methodologies um and to me because you're not having to worry about the quality of facebook ads or any of those kinds of funnels like that and it's really just about creating high converting detail product detail pages and storefronts and things like that. um, You're worried less about half the process, so to speak. Like, you know, it's just the, just get them there when they're there. um, Get them. There's an advertising side of Amazon that gets you showing up in pages and sponsored products. And you may also like and video ads and all that kind of stuff, but it's really as basic as get people there and get them to convert. Um, you know, and, and we have conversion rates with some of our brands that are close to 50%, literally like 47%, um, with some of our products that are higher priced than other people. And you're like, how do you get a listing where one out of every two people that land on it, buy it? Like, that's insane. Um, and if you're just doing your job right on Amazon, you've got great reviews, you've got the product in stock, you're doing a good job of explaining to them why they wanna buy your product over everyone else's or the value you bring, um, it's possible on that platform. And I haven't seen it possible like that um, anywhere else. You know. No. I- I think your Facebook ads guy would freak out if like one out of every two people that he sent there was buying right? We would yeah. go from
0: like one hundred to two hundred customers per day to like a thousand
1: insane, right? insane. Yeah. So it can be like, yeah, you're paying um seventy percent, but we're looking at that one individual sale and I'm looking at like, yeah, but would you rather make fifty thousand like do a hundred thousand in sales and make fifty thousand in profit? because you didn't waste all this money in ad spend or like, it's just very profitable or would you rather make a million and make 50 thousand, you know, like, what are you trying to do? Um, and I think that the customers that go to websites versus the customer that go to Amazon are not always the same. Um, and so when you understand that you're like, it's not about cannibalizing it's about, just representing the brand in the same way on every platform, meaning if people interact with us on Amazon, we're like, they're getting this experience, if they're interacting with us here, they're getting this experience, if they chat on a Facebook chat that pops up, they're getting this experience, like, and it's the same, we are bringing the same quality across the board. I think that's really the goal, in my opinion, is um, just whatever channel you're if you have customers on that channel, you should be there in a perfect world. And if you're there, you should be as represented as best you can on that channel. Wow. I am a
0: big believer of, like like you said, <clears throat> using a person who's specialized in each thing. So, I mean, I've got an incredible ad buyer. Maybe I, yeah. maybe I need a, an incredible agency to help me with Amazon. No no shit. Like, I'm not always <laughs> trying to
1: sell, but I really I believe you I'm sold.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, um,
1: It's just like, I've seen every brand and every manufacturer, like for the nine years, I've been banging my head against the wall, getting people to pay attention to Amazon and like what's going on for brands. Um, and that they need to be here and that's growing and that their listings look like shit. And I point them out and I'm like, this is a horrible brand experience. And you have this little, little guy that's nobody that's advertising on a massive brand name because the brand's just not even there and paying attention and just like, it's a mess, you know? And so, um, very passionate about it and very, very passionate about like, um, you know, some of the margin things, um, because it's like, Amazon's an algorithm. So like on a website, when you get a sale, typically, especially if you're not getting them to subscribe, you collect like the payment, maybe more than you would on Amazon, maybe you're collecting like 97% because there's just a 3% transaction fee, minus all your costs to get it there. But let's just say you're at 97%. Right. And, um, then you've got like your your cost of goods in there, you know, like you're just, you're ending higher than Amazon sale for sale, but on the web, you're getting their customer data and you're getting their email address on Amazon you're getting some of that okay and then meaning cut some customer data not all of it but you're also getting a sale and you're getting like a momentum boost to the next sale. so like because your listings are like in an algorithm and they have a ranking to them like in that category like let's say mushroom supplements or something like that then it would say like with each sale that you get it kind of brings the next sale easier You move up in the rank, you get higher rated, you get a review. Amazon sees that if there is a conversion, it's like, oh, let's show them a little more often. Oh, let's show them a little more often. And so each sale that comes in is kind of like if you're in that long game, um, it's very beneficial to push all your sales onto Amazon versus like split them out and have like a little bit of each. If you're a smaller brand and you're not crushing it on the web, right, Um, it can be a huge advantage to just go all in on one become top rated or something like that in a small category and really create like a splash and then bring that out to e-commerce. So, um, yeah,
0: I have a question. So for, for shipping, because I know you have to send it to warehouses, how do I determine like which warehouse to send? Say I want to send like 5,000 units of everyday dose to Amazon. I know that they do like, they have different fulfillment centers. So what I send one to like New York and one to LA or like, how would we determine that?
1: So you, whenever you're like setting up your account, you tell them where you're warehousing out of, like where the products okay. would ship from. And then there's, you know, there's hundreds of warehouses. And so, um, typically they choose one close to you. I mean, it's like really cheap to get the inventory there. Amazon just makes it really cheap through their partnered system. Um, and then like for us here in Kansas city, the goods go to Illinois, for example, and then in Illinois, um, I know that that is a fulfillment center where it splits it all out to a whole bunch of other warehouses. And so some of them are like for food, some of them are for small and light goods, some of them are for whatever. Um, but that's how Amazon keeps things cheap is they make you kind of have one cost to get it in and then they move things around. Um, you can track all of that. The difference is, is like when it goes into Amazon's warehouse, it's still your inventory. You still own it. You can pull it back, you can ship it to influencers. You can plug it into your website and have it fulfilling orders um you can do a lot of things cool cool we're having some fun um i get passionate just talking about it because i'm like it it can do some really cool things it's really just like understanding how to make it work for you versus yeah
0: for sure especially because my, my my biggest issue is logistics like shipping like issues all the time and if amazon's handling that for 15 percent that's not so bad
1: right yeah. And I'm you sure. can like they're sitting there, you can almost use it like USPS and you just like go into their system and you like type in the customer's address, name, address and say ship one and it just like goes out to them, you know. So that's a pretty cool feature. Um, I own a couple of brands and as they were growing and smaller, like I don't I'm trying to run a business. I don't have time to go ship some stuff or like be chasing down something like that when it can take me like two seconds to send to a VA or someone on my team that gets this shipped out um
0: what if it gets all right so this is interesting so what if i sent we send it to a customer the customer says it was stolen or they didn't they never they never got their package so amazon i know is pretty good about sending a new one is that that a hit on on the brand or is that going to be like an insurance claim that amazon
1: covers well it can be both so like if it's damaged in shipping and you get a bad review amazon and amazon's the one shipping it like they will not count that review against you um or they'll handle the issue i wouldn't say that every time they just send them a replacement because that's kind of been gamified by shitty customers um but you know if they um they'll they'll take pictures like you know we actually use a service called getita give them a shout out on the show um they're out of new york actually Uh, happy to introduce you if you ever want they have a good little e-commerce circle there um but uh, those guys are there's always like returns coming into amazon or like you're checking in a shipment and it's short 50 units or like a return comes back and how long do we get reimbursed for it and it's just like because everything's on these delays um and worrying about that as an agency like Marknology is insanity. Like there's no way I can care about that for a brand on that level. Um, but Gatita basically has a software that plugs in and tracks all of those things. And then when it finds that we don't get reimbursed or you're not like you haven't made a claim against Amazon, they go in there and make those claims and then just take a percentage of what you get back.
0: That's really so, cool.
1: Yeah, it's super cool as a service. Do they only
0: do it for Amazon because I'm I'm working with a three PL that's like it's a headache. Or like, um, another issue is like they put in an address. Sorry, go on. Is no, there...
1: I think, I think it's just Amazon, okay. um, understanding Amazon system and how it works and then knowing how to like file claims against that. But I would be, I, I would assume there's some kind of service for that, for like the traditional logistical providers of the world, like UPS and FedEx and someone that just understands how to like file claims with those people too.
0: Yeah. I've been working with a company called Shipmunk.
1: Okay. I've heard of them.
0: They're very difficult. And I think it's because they're just scaling too quickly. Yes and it's you know different customer service person each time no one understands like yeah it's just right it's it's so that's this is a
1: massive thing happening in our area like obviously the pandemic um they always blame
0: it on the pandemic though
1: it's like well the logistics are just absolute shit and it's like everyone closing all the stores up has made these companies scale at a level that like a business just can't you can't scale indefinitely, instantaneously. And so they're trying to do the same thing in the Amazon marketing space where these agencies are getting funding, regular marketing agencies are adding Amazon departments, teams that were like pretty solid now are getting like double the business that they were getting. So they've, you know, doubled the workload. And the expertise is just getting spread thin, like it's e commerce has been on a growing path, but like, expertise is growing thin, like, um, I don't think that there's a company like if you're trying to hire someone in-house and let's say you're offering someone like six figures uh, to do Amazon, I don't believe that I'm hireable. I don't think that you can find someone of my expertise hireable for a company. I truly believe that. So I'm like, if that's not even out there, um, you know what I mean? Uh, and so it just trickles down. It's just trickling all the way down. Um, limited resources from the logistics side. That's why I, offer, I wanted to do my own logistics because I didn't want to have to deal with that. When it comes to my own brands i want to be able to provide the service i wanted um high quality you have issues that come up i want to be able to try new things if i want to create a variety pack or a kit or like something like that i want to be able to do it on the fly and not have to like go through this whole process with a big 3pl um my team understands amazon and e-commerce um so they they operate a different level than people that are supplying whole foods and these big you know these big channels and by palette you know it's just different
0: we got to plug in NSFW, the new society for wellness. We, we just launched a merch line. We got to, okay. we got to plug uh, NSFW with Markology.
1: Okay. That's yeah. Fun. I love it. Um, you guys doing like, what, merch, is it just like, like t-shirts, yeah. With
0: like NSFW and fun, fun stuff like that.
1: That's cool. We, I feel like we're going to have to stay connected offline. Um, I'm definitely going to make a purchase just to try it out and let people know. I like to try this stuff out. We get on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, where can people reach with you as we wrap up? Like, where can people interact? Um, where can people buy where, um, obviously don't be scared that he's not getting product in. We were just being transparent. He's going to, we're going to get that solved and there'll be more. I mean, we can sell it now.
0: So what I recommend is get in now, get in now before we run out. But it will only be like, you know, like maybe like max 21 day delay. Yeah. But you cool. can reach me at Jack at everyday That's my personal email, everydaydose.com are if you go on every uh if you go on instagram if you type in everyday dose, the mushroom latte will pop up. Someone from like Bali or Indonesia from five years ago took everyday dose, the the claim, the, oh little, the handle, I've like literally messaged every single person who's ever liked or commented on a post from that username. And I was like, I'll give you a hundred bucks. If you connect me to the person who owns this, this handle because it's been inactive for
1: like four years. Wow. I think there's a, I think you it's possible to buy it. Like if you go through the right channels, if it hasn't been moving, I don't know. I just that's, I've known some kinda, people have. I haven't done it myself.
0: So I right now it's uh, at the mushroom latte.
1: At so the please, mushroom latte. Okay. Yeah. And uh if I repost, I'm definitely trying to get an audio reply. Okay. So if I don't get that, I'm gonna feel that down. <laughs> okay. Okay. So if I make a per a purchase, I'm trying it. I post you on social media. I want the audio response. You'll get the audio response. I love it. Okay, that's what I'm in, in it for.
0: You can even you can even you can even uh test it, like not even have marked knowledge like from our technology and okay. you'll know, just be like an undercover consumer and you'll still get that voice note
1: deal. I'll do it from like my roommates or something. You won't see it coming and we'll see <laughs> the voice note. Um, this has been awesome. I love just chatting it up, just talking real talk about what it's like to get something started. And um, almost all of the great businesses I've seen come from someone trying to solve a need, in their own lives mm. or to a close loved one or you know something like that and um so I'm, I'm very excited to try it especially like the focus on the quality ingredients i think that's really something that appeals to me um thanks for putting up with my pup for uh, Sure, thanks for having me awesome we'll talk soon and i'd love to talk to amazon anytime so as you start chasing that down just let me know um at least point you in the right direction i know a lot of good people um in both california and new york so can connect you with some entrepreneurs that either I'm working with or that are solid. Um, yeah. Create a little ecosystem around kind of your e-commerce journey. I know three months in is like, I love e-commerce, so I'm excited for you kind of experiencing it the first time and seeing those sales come in is, uh, is adrenaline rush. Like no Adderall can ever do, you know? Fuck
0: yeah. Cool. I'm also going to hit you up about this box, the the box company in the U S.
1: Awesome. I got a plug for you. Um, let's connect offline on email uh, to everyone listening. Thanks for being on the show, listening to us. If you're driving, um, we'll have the links to all of his Instagram, social media handles, website, in the bottom notes of, of the show. Um, thanks again to our sponsor for today's episode, fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. I'll see you next time, guys.